And I'm Karen Wright. It is 9.33. You are listening to a Minnesota Morning. And joining me now for Gardening with Barb and Karen is our good friend, Barb Lampson. Good morning, Barb. Hey there, Karen. It's good to be here. And what a beautiful morning it is. That that was like one of those million-dollar rains. You know, I was getting tired of watering because I kept having to water, water. And all of a sudden, I thought, oh, I hope we get some rains. And we got... About an inch, I think, at least, were in my rain gauge. You know, I didn't check my rain gauge. They said on the radio four tenths. Oh, but well, that maybe. Is, hmm. I don't think that's right. Well, it, it can vary, you know, so much. Yes, it does vary, but it came down just straight down, and it just, I had cracks in the lawn and cracks different places. Oh, yeah, and, just like, was it like a desert, and it just sucked it right up. Right, and I had used up... Um, 160 gallons of of rainwater and I was down on the other 80 I was down to the bottom just getting things tipped up so I could get the last bit of water in there so now that's been recharged too hey Karen I wanted to talk about something that something I enjoyed and look forward to this summer and that was summer school with at, the kids at yeah. Curry Winds that was our um, our collaboration with the schools with the master gardeners and we provided <clears throat> excuse me we provided um a master gardener for each school that was having classes and we had eight schools and I was at Prairie Winds had 15 kids 10 boys five girls they were excellent kids uh, we started from scratch with you know deciding what we wanted in our garden planting it and watering it every week and weeding it and the results are they were just perfect. We Well, now you said before you started things late, so you were worried you didn't get some things maybe as early as you hoped, like the peas and things, but, yes. but things final kind of evened out? Yes, and, and I just want to say, I don't know if it was the raised bed that gave us an up on things. Yes, I want to say yes because of my own personal experience. Okay, uh, and also the fact that our garden is really the only... Um, planting in the backyard of the school by next to the forest which is wet out mm-hmm. there and trees so we didn't have that problem with uh, with cabbage worms or any kind of a worm or eating as a matter of fact uh, we didn't have that problem at all with diseases or anything it was really a great year for us and well i just want to you know i've done the raised beds for a while barb i just want to say i i'm so highly stuck on those because the soil you know you put in a little fresh soil every year so you've got that good soil so uh, you know i'm not getting the the bugs and the worms and things like that so so that's could be a part of it and and you don't have that competition from the weeds that keep coming from uh the edges the borders where the garden is so i don't know what it was but we we did our second uh picking of cucumbers and in this you know the garden isn't the bed isn't very big I suppose it's probably four feet wide and maybe I don't know 12 15 feet long and we harvested 15 perfect cucumbers and the kids like them and and, oh yeah absolutely everything went home with them the peppers on the pepper plants absolutely perfect we had no bugs on our potatoes That's and we great. got them in in June so I, I I don't quite understand this but again it's maybe this soil it's it's 
Uh, it's not been contaminated. It's not been used over and over again. But it was just really excellent. And also, the things that we started from seeds, we had all organic seeds. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know um, if it was that or if it was the variety. The beans we had were a French long bean, and they were just, uh, we had to p- plant small, short rows of them, and they were gorgeous. And the beans hung down like clusters of grapes. So were these the, the pole beans then? No. We, oh, you we did had, push. We had to put in, um, we had to make a sacrifice because of the tomatoes oh. and of the peas that we wanted. So we couldn't have anything else because it would have blocked the sunlight. So we, we did put in a bush bean. We talked about that. But they were great. We just harvested scads of beans. And um, uh, the peas were still coming on. And we... We produced, we planted a, a giant, it was called a mammoth um, uh, bee, uh, pea, and it was the sugar snap. So is that the kind that you get out of the pot, or is that the kind you nope, eat the whole that's pot? The, that's the kind that you eat the whole pot. Oh, that's the kind I like. But yeah. in the case where we had a few that we would miss, you know, each week in our pickings, we would get the, the pot would be full of peas. You'd get about, oh, maybe seven, eight peas in there. And I showed them how to take off the pod, and then you just eat the pea inside. And they love that, too. Oh, good. But great kids, great effort. Uh, if you ever have a chance to share gardening with a with a young person and get their interest in that, that is so absolutely rewarding. That's wonderful. You know, hopefully you'll get a bunch of kids that want to be gardeners because at one of our Master Gardener meetings, we were commenting how we're getting older and we need to get some young blood. So, Barb, maybe you're you're nurturing the new kids. And I know my son, even through the 4-H project, now is interested in gardening. Yes. He wants to breed lilies and he's just into it. And it's so great to, to get the kids to do that hands-on because that really brings their interest level. Well, it does. And when it's successful and when you can do, I think it's really important on the first day of school to plan the garden with them and plant the things that they want in there. And then I think buy the best seed you can buy. Uh, and we know the best practices for improving the soil. Have that ready to go for them. And it, things just took off. It was really, really great. Also, on the uh, plus side, I just want to say how beautiful the plantings in our boulevards are that the city has done this year. Dave and I were coming home from our garden up at Good Council, and it was hot. I think this was on Tuesday or Wednesday. It was so warm that day, and we were so warm. And here they had all these people out on Madison Avenue and they were they were pruning and they were digging weeds they were pulling out weeds and if you can imagine it was warm Ugh. just out in the garden up by that pavement it must have been just excruciatingly hot but if you're thinking of something that will grow in the heat and do well boy that certainly is uh, an area to go look at because you get salt up there you you get the probably the worst conditions the best thing is uh, you do get uh, good air circulation on that going up that hill right yeah and that's i've noticed that too on going along stoltzman have you noticed they've got the the plantings there it's kind of between stoltzman and the the frontage road that goes by the houses and things and i notice a lot of butterfly weed plants 
how do you say that? Escipias, I always say. I always say it wrong, I think. Yeah, you know, they've got that, and they've got some variety of allium, I know, that's there with the purple flowers on top. And so those are, you know, like you said, a good example to look at is some of the tough things that are yes. going to grow in tough spots that if you've got a bad spot that you say, uh, nothing grows here, Yes, try that. And it's sunny, of course, down there, yes. so make sure you have sun. So, you know, I'm glad you mentioned uh, this uh, uh, Asclepias, and this is also sometimes known as swamp mellow. And I brought in a picture for you today. Do they also call it butterfly weed, too? They, or they call it, yes. Um, the, the one that I have at my house is Asclepias incarnata, incarnata. Mm. Uh, Maybe incarnata, ice ballet, and it's I. Well, I have I have the white one, and I also have the pink one. But There's orange too, right? There is orange. I've got orange. Uh, uh, these grow bigger. Oh, they uh, are because they have to survive out with the cattails and the all swamps. those things around in the swampy areas. They grow much bigger, and they just bring in uh, the the bees and the butterflies and all the pollinators <clears throat> and they're just out there just having the best time so <clears throat> a butterfly magnet they describe it as with fragrance which is yes. also nice yes and, and it's a nice looking plant it, it, it's it's worth um, getting and putting into your garden you can let them go to seed they don't become um, obnoxious and they don't take over that's nice but you will find a few more that will develop if you if you let them go to seed so that's that's a really good thing do that for the pollinators we can't put our whole yard in for the pollinators but we can have these resting spots or or places where they where they know they can get water and shade and they can feed on plants well, like I know this. that over the years I've <coughs> tried to build up a pollinator yard and this year has been ex exceptionally well for monarch caterpillars. So we've had at least 40 to 50 on, we've got the, the what they call the world milkweed, and then we've got the regular, what's the, the regular milkweed yeah with the pink with, with the, the big pink flowers yeah yes, so right. we've we've we bring them in because albat said that you know their chances of surviving are better if you let them hatch inside otherwise the birds or some other prey uh, is going to predator is going to pick them off so we've been hatching and we've let out lots of beautiful monarch butterflies and alces these are the ones that will be traveling down south so i'm really excited to say that hopefully we're contributing some small part to the the monarch's success. Oh, and I think that's so important. You know, not everybody is capable of doing that, but at least you can just keep all the chemicals off your lawn. Which and we do in yard. And which is why I've seen bugs in there. Yes. And, and, and you know, here's, here's something I wanted to talk about. We were invited to uh, Bob and Gloria, some uh, gardeners from our Waseca Garden Club, who live over by Hope, Minnesota. I've never been to Hope. It's over by Oatana. And Bob and Gloria are great lovers of hostas. Me and, too. Mm -hmm. And it seems to be a popular plant. And I wonder if men prefer hostas over other perennials. I don't know. But, <laughs> Why do you say that? Well, out of the because blue? He's, he's the one that's <laughs> just out there really uh, growing all these hostas. And I've met other men too, but I don't know. But there's something about hostas uh, that maybe are more appealing. Maybe because they're not so fussy and they're I was, easy. <laughs> I was thinking that that too. But he said, uh, I said, well, Bob, you know, what do you do? Do you use sluggo or what do you do yeah. to keep the slugs off? He said, nothing. I said, did you have the Japanese beetle? Do you have, ja nope, we don't. He said, they had that Japanese beetle for two weeks 
and then it left. Well, mine has been here for numerous weeks and still here. I Yes, exactly. <laughs> the, yeah, well, you they know. don't like my hostas, though, so it's not the hostas of the problem. It's the hibiscus and the, the canna lilies and the other yes. plants. So well, maybe he doesn't have the ones that they like. I don't know. but And then I said, well, what do you do for fertilizer? He raises pigeons. And oh. he uses the pigeon poop. Okay. Well, and that, that's. So, I, I mean, that's all in, in keeping with nature. So maybe that if if you if you've got the right fertilizer, you've got and things weren't crowded. He had space between plants. Uh, maybe this is added to the fact that he doesn't have slugs. Well, because you know, I, I told you that for the fair, I was unable to find and my hundreds of hosta, which you know I've got a lot. I was unable yes. to find a single, a single leaf that wasn't pockmarked, you know, with holes or yeah. things either. I think the earwigs, between the earwigs and the slugs and, and whatever. <clears throat> it And I did try the diametaceous earth to help prevent stuff, but man, I just, I, there's got to be some secret. <laughs> no, I, 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 I haven't agree. found it yet. And I don't use, see, uh, and you and I don't use a lot of no, insecticide no. or chemicals. So we don't, yeah. we just don't want to take a chance on that. And um, when I think of, I see the the uh, butterflies flying around. As a child, we had butterflies. We had pollinators. We didn't really appreciate them because they were just all over the yard. Right. We just ran and chased them and everything. But uh, so that's that's what I want to for future generations. We need to have children growing up knowing and loving all these beautiful nature and and what it means for them. But you know, when I was in Georgia last winter, um, I used to read a column that was uh, written by Norman. Um, what was his name? He he was the director of the. Uh, coastal Botanical Gardens in Georgia, uh, outside of Savannah, and uh, he wrote about this plant, and it was called <clears throat> uh, Celosia. And he said one of the best things for the hot, hot summers that they have in Georgia and into the winter is a plant that will survive that heat, right. so they don't have to replant there at the botanical gardens. And he he recommended. Uh, one that we all know Celosia, but this was the one that was spiky. Hmm. And he had a picture in the paper, and I thought, you know, gosh, that's great. So I looked in my uh, garden catalogs, my seed catalogs, and I couldn't find any seed for this. And I had looked in the nurseries this summer and, and didn't find it offered as a plant either. Well, lo and behold, my friend gave me as a gift a plant and it's planted up like a florist would mm -hmm. so it's all blooming in that just absolutely so gorgeous a celosia plant it is celosia okay and uh the variety is there there are three different styles of celosia there's the coxcomb you know so it looks and it's ruffled like a rooster comb or something yes exactly and and then there is the one that looks like a feather duster so that comes up and it's big and and it's very plumy like that. Mm -hmm. And then there's this one, which is a spike. It reminds me a little of a liatris or gay feather, um, you know, kind of just the, the way the spike is. Yes, and it 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 stays blooming all summer Ooh, long. I like that. So I I'm going to read what it says on this on this label that came with my plant. It says um, thrives in the heat. Used for patio planters and combos, can be directly seeded height 
18 inches, keep moist but well-drained. It's just a purple magenta color lasts all season. Now, is this the kind you should start early inside because it'll take a while before it gets the blooms? You know, some flowers... Especially you know, no, I don't think oh, so okay. because you can direct seed this one right out. So, so I would say that you could wait till the garden is warm enough. And this is uh, Celosia um, uh, argentia. So, uh, just a great looking one. So, much to my surprise, we were at Sibley Park, and what did I see growing in one of their beds? This exact same plant. Oh. It's just, so if you want to see this, uh, which I think is new to our area, I haven't seen it planted anyplace else around here, this new Celosia, which is on the spike, and it's in a magenta color, uh, go to the Sibley Park, and it's closest to the road when you enter the park and you come under the bridge there, mm-hmm. if you could go to the left, okay, you would find it in that direction, but you oh. can't. You have to you go, to go the all right. the way you around. You have to go all the way around, and then you'll find a parking lot, and you park there, and 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 then you can get out and look at that. And you can also see they put it in a lovely wave within a a bed, and they've got other things going with it. But boy, does that ever stand out, and. The spike on it, instead of looking like uh, part of it's dying, it stays true. It just stays all nice and uh, colored and filled in. Just, just really great. I hope we see more of that next year. And I'm going to continue to look. You know, our good friend and master gardener, Harvey Hess, gets about 20-plus seed catalogs. So I'm going to see if we can find this seed. You must get at least that many too. I don't because I'll tell you why. I do. (laughs) I I told them not to send them simply because I don't want to sacrifice any trees for seed catalogs for me. See sometimes we share them with the school the art teacher and they use them for projects. If you've you've got some way to use them I think that is a really really good way to do that but I just thought okay that's that's silly but I'll go through those and see if we can find something like that. And if we can, I think that would be just really, really great. And, you know, gosh, going to Sibley Park, they have really done a nice job there. Things look really, really nice down there. And you can get some more ideas on things that you might want to plant. Now, some not-so-good things this week. Um, My cauliflower has not made heads again. I didn't even plant it this year because last year it, it um, started, made heads, and then it just got out of control, and it was just too late, so I just didn't bother. Okay, so I thought, okay, this is this is ridiculous now. I'm okay. planting cabbage, and this is doing well. I'm planting broccoli, yep. and this is going well. And I found out in doing some research, cauliflower likes to be started when it's really cool. You yeah, it's get a cool, yeah. You get it cool. You get it in, when I planted it, was after Memorial Day. It bolts. It, it too late. Yep. It, it, was, it was too hot, and it does doesn't form heads nope. so you get nice foliage but uh, yeah. you can't eat that you got to S- plant it when you same time you plant the cabbage and the brussels sprouts all the coal crops because it's a coal crop well it is but i planted it at the same time but it was later it, it was yeah the other oh, things okay it was it, it just uh, absolutely and i didn't start my own sets this year either 
So um, there's a problem with that. But I'm going to try one more time because <laughs> I love cauliflower. I love to, to you know, raise my own vegetables as much as I can. Well, I do, especially just because I know what's in the soil and what's around it because I'm doing it myself and I know there's not anything added. Because always, we always worry about the chemicals and things. We don't know what right, somebody exactly. else puts on. Exactly. And if you bring something home from the store, you know, you want to be sure that you're washing that because you know there are chemicals on there and you don't know how that's been handled either. Well, even like they say a lot of times with the, the E. coli, when if you get some splashing Ooh. up from the, the field or something and yes. you need to wash that because you hear people get infected from that so yeah yes important yeah yeah so the Japanese beetle it's still a problem its favorite thing are roses and um, hardy hibiscus hardy hibiscus and it there and canna lilies and okay <laughs> oh my goodness they uh, love those oh, that isn't so much a problem is they love to curl up in in the the hibiscus when I go are the uh, hibiscus when I go out in the morning I'll find maybe five of them grouped together in the spent um, flower from oh, the, in the day before. Oh, in the spent? I only find, I find them in before, as the flower is getting ready to come out. They'll go in there and they'll chew the leaves up so when the flower comes out, it's all the, full of holes. They'll do I that too, that. but there I have single ones burrowing in. I but, found 10 in one of those one time. Oh, and in the spent one, I find as many as oh. five in one area clustered, oh. and then the petal, they fold over, and then you'll find another area. So it's like, okay, this is the bunkhouse for the <laughs> Japanese beetles. We're bunking in here tonight, you guys. And now... Dump them in a bucket of soapy water. Yeah, they're they're dying. But they fly quickly they, if you don't, like, I've got to grab a whole, like when they're on my, my bean leaves, I can find sometimes 10 on a bean leaf. I'll just wow. grab the whole leaf and cluss, you know, rip it off because they... Otherwise, they'll start to fly away if you just try and slowly. So, and then I just dump them in. You know, Karen, um, my garden up at Good Council, I don't have Japanese beetles up there. So why? I don't have Japanese beetles at the lake house either. And I mean, that's yeah. 14.2 miles away. Right. But in town, I've got terrible yeah, problems. Yeah, I do too. Yeah. I, I have the very same thing. They maybe came in on the same wind because you're just upwind or downwind from me. And maybe that that's that's how we got them. I don't know. Uh, but they're hanging around. And now they've gone into the roses. Yes. And with the roses, they go into that bud just when it's just opened up just a little bit mm -hmm. so they can inch themselves in there and then you find them and they destroy the whole the thing. The whole thing's done. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 really, really, really nasty. So the rest of my garden, I don't know. Um, when you have um, problems with slugs and you have with the other insects, it kind of detracts from the whole thing. So when I've got something and it looks great, I just have to kind of celebrate that <laughs> celebrate. and say this this is this is really remarkable but that this is doing so well. With the slug problem they say it's really the spring before the grubs come up and hatch. So you gotta you yep. know, maybe treat it earlier the in the spring versus waiting till they come out and yeah. then you just you know, hand picking when there's hundreds of thousands is pretty futile. Yeah, it really is. And I still have decided I'm getting rid of my one bed of hostas. You the, are. Yep, I am. I just like sharing it or are you throwing it away or? now it's um it's going to go into the um compost pile because oh. it has so much insect damage on it oh, okay and i'm going to mow them off and then i'll dig them and that's how i'm going to do that and dave I, I know what you're going to be doing <laughs> no I, well yeah because they're probably so heavy i'll i'm going to start the project myself and then if i need help i i do this i take a spade and i go around the plant and then if 
a lot of times I can get it loose, but I can't lift it because they're so heavy. Right. You know, getting them out. So, well, we'll see. This might change, too. It depends on the weather. If we get a lot of rain now, I wouldn't be able to be out there digging and moving things. So, yeah. Well, we really needed that rain. And, um, you know, August typically isn't the wettest month. Right. So it's, we're going to probably have a few more dry days. And if you've planted any new plants, whether it's a shrub or a tree, with these dry times, you really need to keep watering that so those roots can get established because they're, they're you know, at their kind of a delicate state when they they're getting going. They are. And, you know, a lot of times with a perennial that's been there, you don't really know it's in trouble until the next year and it's not doing well. If you planted annuals, if you don't keep them watered, they instantly start uh, Looking shriveling. terrible. They, 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 they let you know really fast. You know, another thing that, that hasn't done really well are the Gerbera daisies. I think that they don't like the hot weather when we get this intense heat. Well, I've the the, the foliage looks beautiful, but I haven't yep. got all the blooms that I used to have. And you right. know, I keep those and I overwinter them, sure. and they bloom all winter long. Right. So I've been kind of surprised too that when I initially took them out of the pot, they had blooms on because they were in the house, and I put them in the ground. And of course, I figured that it would be a shock from being transplanted. So it took a while before they got good rooted in the ground, and now I've pretty much had foliage and very few. Um, uh, these are the these are the landscape gerberas right, right. that you can the hardy well they're not you have to bring them in but right. mine are have been all leaves and very few flowers I, this year. I, I have exactly the same thing and I'm thinking it's, maybe it's the, the it's heat. the heat yeah, it's that you. absolute heat yeah because my house in the the winter is you yes. know down, it's downstairs so it's probably sixty something so maybe they like that better. sure sure well so. Every year, um, there's something different, and we have minuses and we have pluses. And uh, one of the things that I did differently this year was with uh, the uh, herbs that I have at home, I planted them all in a big container. I have it by my back door of my uh, house, and I can just step out of the kitchen and step out there and I can cut these herbs and I just love it. And you know what? Herbs, especially the ones I have in there, don't take as much sunlight as I was led to believe. So the... Uh, I am finding my cilantro doesn't do good without full sun though. Uh, maybe it Did doesn't, you? but it likes it cool. Yes. So, uh, you know, and the basil is just... The basil is growing really tall and I keep... Um, taking from the top and it's uh, it's just really made a remarkable plant I'm just so pleased with it and the same way with the parsley the parsley is doing well with not having a lot of it's got light but it doesn't have a lot of direct sun on them either one of them and they're they're doing really 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 great uh, I also have a lemon uh, uh, lemon verbena in there and that's doing really well i have sage in there and sage is something that's a perennial and you can grow that you know in in hot sunny areas but it's doing well in there too so who knows well, and you know that is the thing you you look at some things and they're really beautiful and the next year they might be a flop it, it is it's all dependent on the weather and and other factors sometimes that are just out of our control and that's one thing as a gardener you have to learn to just say I am not in control of this. I just do what I can. Right. You know, uh, if 
talking about um, seeing beautiful things and, and, and being introduced to different flowers, there's no better place to go than to our county fairs and, of course, our state fair, too. Uh, we stopped yesterday in Lee Center, and uh, the fair starts there. I thought it started on Thursday, but Thursday is entry day, so I didn't get to see anything. But just visiting your local fairs, the uh, Steele County Fair is, is going on now. Right that's, now? That's a great one to go see. And uh, Blue Earth County, or Blue Earth, Minnesota, that's um, Faribault County. Faribault County. Uh, I believe that. And Lesseur County is this weekend as well. Yes. So uh, all of those things, I mean, uh, uh, just go see you'll just be surprised and if people are growing them really well maybe here's something that will really work for you i do wish that when we had especially vegetables um and you see like uh, peas and they look so lovely i wish that they would have the latin name on them so you could buy that exact the variety, variety yeah yes yeah. yes that would be helpful because there's people. a big difference in just peas oh, versus beans because there, there are many 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 varieties and yes and i've had the for my beans for example my pole beans i've got the blue lake and then i've got the shales uh both mm-hmm. uh, pole climbers and the one is being decimated by the japanese beetles the other one yep. they aren't touching the the leaves and i have no idea why but see who knows you know we we have had our granddaughter visiting us for the last 11 days and she went back home yesterday to Cleveland and uh, she just loved picking those Blue Lake pole beans. She just I would take her up to the garden with me and and that was her job and she would say Grandma, I haven't even moved yet. She said (laughs) and I have half a bag full. Should I keep should I keep picking? I yes. said, oh, yeah, yeah. We have to keep them picked because they won't. we won't get new ones. And I said, now look at, do you see all the blooms on there yet? I said, these will be, they'll be producing as long as we keep picking them. And that's the yeah. key. Right. Yeah, that is the key. So she took a whole bunch of them back with her. So good for her. Good for her. Well, hey, it's always great to chat with you, Barb. Until next week, happy gardening. Thanks, Karen. All right, bye-bye.